Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against the bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. Wow, look at that little flare there. Um, I'm getting out all that post-vacation energy. Yeah, so we've... Our recording history is is historically fraught and tumultuous, but... Yes. Um, we've had a little bit of time off, which you will not be able to tell because this is a weekly podcast, and... Most of the time. Yeah, 90% <laughs> of the time. Um, Morgan, did you come back to this and was like... No matter what the quality of this episode is, it's we're watching Baywatch again. It's like, oh, well, this feels familiar, you know? Yeah. No, I will say, uh, you know, I I had a lot of optimism at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I kept being like, all right, well, it feels like maybe there could be something here. Oh, well, there's still oh, maybe maybe a little bit later there will be something here. Um, and then they introduced a keytar and I was like, oh, shit. There's absolutely going to be some cool stuff here. Um, and, well, we'll get into it when we talk about the episode. But, um, spoiler alert, there wasn't. <laughs> well, I mean, like, even that aside, like, yes, this episode is a lot of nothing. It's just, like, Baywatch feels homey at this point. It, it does. It's, and I don't know how I feel about like, that. <laughs> it's in the way that, like, you know, you would sit down and watch, like, a bad sitcom or something like that. It's yeah. just, like, I watch this show, and I'm like, oh, God, this is, I regret saying this, but I'm saying it on record. <laughs> this, this show is, like, a safe space. It's not. Yeah. It's very much racist and not. Yes. And, like, offensive yes. and whatever. But the experience of watching it is a safe space. I just, like... It's Baywatch. I sit in, I sit back, and I'm like, I know I'm not in for, like, a good time or a bad time. I'm in for a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Which, honestly, is better than, you know, half of political events happening right now. So It's true. Uh, God, I was going to make, like, many, many jokes about that, and I thought, this is Baywatch. It's not worth that. <laughs> um, but as we mentioned... Fair. We're back. You won't have known that we were away, but we're back. And we're back with season four, episode 12, second time around. Written by Garner Simmons, who last wrote season two, episode seven, Sandcastles. That's the one where Hobie befriends a homeless girl. And then. Oh, yeah. In that same episode, Eddie got stabbed by a homeless man named Hector the Collector. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Yeah. That was the one that was we were just like, well, fuck this. Uh, mm-hmm. That was multiple episodes where we said that. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it was directed by Lyndon Chubbuck, aired January 17th, 1994. Let's talk about some guest stars. So first off, C. Ransom Walrod plays Ransom. Wow. Damn, that's a good name. I know. Ransom Walrod. Just beautiful. Uh, someone recently uh by recently, I mean today, told me that they were making a character in The Sims uh, called Mel Mel Lamel. And I thought, Ooh. fuck, that's the greatest. Like, I'm over here making names like Bimbo Scrigus and Teflon Matertiary. <laughs> but Mel 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 Lamel, oh, that's perfect. 
Um, C. Ransom Walrod is also quite good. Ingenious, even. He's typically a stunt coordinator. He was a stunt boat driver for Baywatch. I don't know if I put the emphasis on the right words there. I think it's stunt <laughs> boat driver, not stunt boat driver. Um, he also did non-boat stunts. Is that? I don't know what you call non-boat stunts. stunts. <laughs> land stunts? Yeah. <laughs> Air stunts, land stunts, uh, for Thunder in Paradise. Uh, he also did oh, for, nice. for Waterworld, uh, where he was oh. a marine coordinator. And in this episode, he also plays a marine coordinator. And he's been a marine coordinator for, like, everything you could think, everything you could think of except... John Cena's The Marine. <laughs> or Ted DiBiase Jr.'s The Marine 2. Or The Mrs. Marine 3 through 6. These movies are pretty horrible. Wow. Um, honestly, they're probably worth a binge for like a bad movie segment. Not night, because the night is too long to do. Or these movies are too long to do in a night. Um, right. But like, you know, to sort of binge just Marine <laughs> propaganda, you know? Right. Um, which I will give it its prop. I feel like inherently marine propaganda is just one rung of less offensive than army propaganda. Hmm. I don't know that I've ever considered it. Well, because like the army is just so the army. It's so yeah. like in your face. Well, the Marines are just like, we do our job. And we get out of there. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And they're always just like, it's always just like, just like dudes doing cool shit. It's never <laughs> like, and in every movie about like the Marines, they're basically out of the Marines. Right. And the Marine, the movie, the Marine, the whole series is about Marines who aren't in the Marines. It's not about you being like, well, oh. look at, look at the Marines. You should join. It's, it's never like, well, that makes you want to join. It makes you want to get out of the Marines. Yeah. <laughs> army movies are like, look all the cool stuff they're doing in the army. I should be there right. with them. Hmm. Yeah, I've never considered it, but I, I think I agree with you. I hadn't considered it until just now either. So, <laughs> I mean, good company. Uh, next up is Drew Pillsbury. I love the name Pillsbury. It's such a great name. It oh, rolls yeah. off your tongue. He plays... Victor Griswold in this episode. He's apparently best known from Transformers. Uh, I wrote Dark of the Moon. I think it's Dark. No, Night. that is. Nope. It is Dark of the Moon. That's horrible. Yes. That's like turn off. I am like 90 percent sure that that is what it's called. Do you know? Do you know the plot? Oh, uh, God. I mean, I haven't seen it. Do, can um, I spoil it? Yes, it is called Dark of the Moon. Yes, please. OK, so everybody who doesn't want this spoiled. Uh, get over yourself. Too, no, yeah, um. too bad. It's a Transformers <laughs> movie. There's nothing to spoil. Here's the plot. Robots. Explosions. So do you how much do you know about Transformers? Um, I know that they're uh, robots in disguise. I know that the yeah. Autobots roll out and I know that Michael Bay treated Megan Fox like shit. Yeah. And she called him a Nazi for it, which interesting. Um did you see any of the movies? No, I have not seen any of them. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So the first one, fun. Um, it's, it's. I mean, it's sexist as shit. 
but sure, it's fun. It's CGI of people doing shit, and mm-hmm. it's like back when you remember that Shia LaBeouf was going to be a big star. Yep, uh, and then he wasn't. Um, and then uh, Transformers Two is also like okay, and Shia LaBeouf comes back, and uh, Megan Fox is back. And then things start going downhill. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marky Mark. Who's Marky Mark? Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah. He takes over as the protagonist. Yes. For like three movies. And in this one, uh, do you know who Unicron is? He's the big, like, Transformer god, right? He's, yeah, he's like a, he's a planet. Okay. So he he's a robot in disguise that's a planet. Right? Sure. And sure. the idea is that uh, Unicron is the sworn enemy of like the original planet the Transformers are from, right? So in I think it's Dark of the Moon is the one where they have the Knights of the Round Table. Uh of th- course, of this course. This is I- incredibly dumb. Um also, doesn't one of them have dinosaurs? Well, that's beasts. Yeah, that's the like a version of it. Oh, okay. Oh no. Oh, Dark of the Moon. No, wait. Dark of the Moon is. I thought Dark of the Moon. They like found some alien things on the dark side of the moon. Correct. You you are correct. I was thinking of the last night. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm actually spoiling <laughs> the last night. Ah. Who gives a fuck about dark? I let. There, if you really want to hear funny stuff, uh, we hate movies. Did episodes about each of these, and it's they're hilarious. Oh, nice! Um, but uh, fuck it, I'm going to spoil the last night. <laughs> last night is one where uh, Marky Mark meets up with freaking Anthony Hopkins, of course, uh, who at one point says, "Now listen here, dude." <laughs> um, greatest line reading ever, and they find out that Earth. Is Unicron. Of course. Of course. And that also all of the Transformers are the Knights of the Round Table, basically. And so they have to somehow just defeat Earth. And I'm like, what? Why would you ever do that? Yeah. It sounds dumb. We live on it. Yeah. Anyways, the Transformers movies are trash. Yes. Um, Though but speaking, the first one is fun. Speaking of Anthony Hopkins... Have you heard about or seen potentially his uh, NFT movie? His NFT movie? No. What is it called? It's called Zero Contact. It was all filmed over Zoom. Um, And it is apparently (laughs) extremely bad. What is this? Wait, what? Oh, my God. Okay, wait. Can I read the plot here? Absolutely. Finley Hart is the eccentric genius behind a global data mining program. Upon his death, five remote agents, including his son, uh, are contacted by a mysterious AI entity to reactivate the initiative, which may enable time travel. As sinister events occur at each of the agents' homes, they must decide whether entering the passwords will save the world or destroy it. Yep. That sounds like Christian propaganda. A little bit. Um, but it was released as an NFT, which I don't fully understand what that means yeah. in the context of a movie. Um, yeah. But there you go. Um, so that's what, fun how, information. So wait, 
so if it's released as an NFT, then like you buy it and own. Well, my understanding is that no one bought it um, because <laughs> uh, because it is garbage. Yeah, but but it's an NFT. You'll make value. <laughs> You'll make value on it. You'll make money. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, eh, Variety gave the film a negative review, calling it a steaming pile of nada. Yes. Uh, one, the Hollywood Reporter said, let's just say that the machine runs on dark matter reactor is one of the script's most coherent lines. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, this movie sounds horrible. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, but, but I imagine they paid Anthony Hopkins it. a fair bit of money and he oh, yeah. never had to leave his house. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. That part, therefore, is great. Mm-hmm. I think. Do we approve of this? I mean, not really, but I approve of Anthony Hopkins getting paid because I like him as an actor. Um, yeah. Speaking of 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 whatever movies recently, mm-hmm. I saw the uh, twenty seventeen Power Rangers movie. Ooh, I have not seen that. It is the most five out of ten movie I could ever imagine. Ooh. It is just the pacing is all weird. Mm-hmm. The act. Have you have you watched Stranger Things? Uh, I've seen seasons one and two. Okay, so you remember the character Billy? No, he's the guy with the long curly mullet. Oh yes, yes, yes. So that's the main actor. Okay. in this he plays the Red Ranger. Gotcha. And um. The only notable person otherwise is uh, Zordon is played by Brian Cranston. Sure. Oh, and Alpha Alpha 5, the robot that goes, is uh, played by Bill Hader. Yeah. Oh, and the villain, Rita Repulsa, is played by Elizabeth Banks, which is a weird choice. Uh, Yeah. Extremely weird. And the whole movie is a giant marketing uh, campaign for Krispy Kreme. That is not where I thought you were going with that. So, like, they're looking for this source of life, and they're like, it's at the Krispy Kreme. So there's Rita Repulsa being like, I'm going to find it, and I'm going to become the most powerful person ever. But first, (laughs) I shall eat this Krispy Kreme. And so she's there eating this Krispy Kreme, waiting as just like to finish it and it's like we can catch up to her so basically the heroes catch up to her she's too busy eating a crispy cream well that's wild <laughs> it's when you when we say it like that it sounds so much funnier than it actually is um it's just like yeah okay it's okay and i get why they didn't do another one yeah um now uh, back to Drew Pillsbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was best known for Transformers Dark of the Moon, where he played Robert McNamara, the actual ace secretary of defense for the United States, Robert McNamara. Sure. Um, however, I think you may know him for being in a few movies with Wendy Malick, but they all sound so boring, I'm not going to describe them to you. <laughs> uh, he was also in Mulholland Falls, which is not Mulholland Drive. No. Uh, in 1950s Los Angeles, a special crime squad of the LAPD, LAPD investigates the murder of a young woman. And uh, 
Mullen Falls has Nick Nolte, Melanie Griffith, Michael Madsen, Jennifer Connelly, <laughs> John Malkovich, uh, and Daniel motherfucking Baldwin. Um, <laughs> only won one award, and it was the Golden Raspberry for Worst Supporting Actress for Melanie Griffith. So, yep, not great. Uh, next, Jennifer Cam- Jennifer Campbell is back as Jesse Majors. We saw her last in season three, episode seven, Point Doom where she was a badass biker chick. Uh, she'll be back, not as this character, but as a different character oh. who becomes a main character that she is not famous for playing. Huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they recast her. like So the, apparently, I guess, the actress comes in at the towards the end of a season plays the character then the next season they 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 recast her for like two or three seasons and then the last season the character is in is a different actress wow and it's one of our main lifeguard characters huh yeah so well that's gonna be that's gonna be real fun for me who already often has trouble telling actors apart and watches these episodes in three pixel resolution um (laughs) It's going to be so fun. <laughs> I, I actually looked up today. We're going to have such a fun time watching Thunder in Paradise on YouTube in 480p. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Though, I, I looked up the, the theme song for Thunder in Paradise. Yeah. It's amazing. Ugh. So it's it's going to be worth it. I'm excited. Uh, now, lastly, we see the return of Michelle Williams. This time playing one of Hobie's groupies in a scene that I don't ah, get. Ah, yes. Yeah. Now, I think, because I watched the scene, um, I didn't watch all of it because I got bored, and uh, Instagram was much more interesting. Uh, extremely I think, fair. <laughs> I think this role really helped prepare her to take such method acting heavy roles later on in her career. You know, truly her range of emotion was discovered here on Baywatch, right? Mm-hmm. Or not. You no. you cut out whatever. for a second. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, whatever. I was making a dumb joke about <laughs> Michelle Williams' acting ability being based on her Baywatch role. Ah. Whatever. Cut it. Who cares? Okay. Um, or keep it. Me explaining the joke. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever is funnier. Um, that's it. This This episode is... Yeah. Whatever. Take us it. Yeah. Just end it. Let's do it. We uh, we start off on a boat where they're shooting some sort of, I thought it was a music video, but then later we hear that it might be an ad and also maybe it's a sports video. It And maybe it's a movie. Yeah. It. Listen, there's no specifics given because they understand that the audience doesn't care. Um, and it's <laughs> the shot that they are doing is of Jesse and another model. Uh, one of them is kite surfing and the other one is on a wave runner and they're just doing water stunts. Sports. Water, water sports. sports. <laughs> uh, for <laughs> two and a half minutes um, while some cheesy instrumental music plays. Oh, you get instrumental music. Or no, I think... Actually, I take that back. I think they're word lyrics. Something about, like, being on the water and running on the water or something like that. It was very dumb, and I already found myself struggling to pay attention. Well, it's even dumber in my version. Oh. Because my version gets Bluest Sky by Jordan West and John Nelson, and this is dumb because in the original, it's Mr. Blue Sky. Oh. That's not the song. So, I... Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, well, or at least I think it is. It certainly was that, not that in my version. Well, it's either that or um, the Hobie montage was Mr. Blue Sky, which makes no sense. No. That one was right? uh, was rock on. Or it's David Hasselhoff's number, which is not. No. Huh. So it has to be this one. That's weird. So, yeah, they get Mr. Blue Sky and then they were like, hmm. We can't do that. What about Bluest Sky? <laughs> ah. um, and so I looked up the guys who did this. Do you know how hard it is to find the specific Jordan West? Like, everyone ever in music is named Jordan West. Huh. There's like 50 of those. Wow. But it's actually, I, I think I found the guy. He's like the drummer for uh, the musician Grace Potter. Uh, but, uh, Morgan, here are the lyrics. Uh, uh, you know, do your magic. Warm day, the sun is high, we're on the move, weaving in and out of sight. Work or play, can't decide, I'm flying free, my worries left behind, and I come alive. The wind is rushing by, and I take my time, breathing in the moment, taking in the sunshine. Ooh, ooh, under the bluest sky. Ooh, ooh, under the bluest sky. Heart racing, what a ride. I fell in love. This feeling keeps me up at night. Tonight's the right time to live it up. Breathing in that sunshine. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> under the bluest sky. Ooh, ooh, under the bluest sky. I love the way you went, ooh, ooh. It's just very funny <laughs> to me. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, this song is nothing. It is, yeah, woof. Uh, this montage is nothing. Yeah. Um, but over it, you hear this director, producer. It's never really clear. Like, yeah. So they say director, and they also say producer. Um so I was also confused. I thought he was a director maybe. for like the first half of the episode and then they kept seeing yeah. a producer. So I don't know. Maybe he's also like the caterer. Is this like a Tommy Wiseau kind of? Could be. Could be. Thing, you know, uh, I I really don't know. Um, wait a second. Morgan. Yes. Hold on. Okay. Can I send this to you? Wait. Okay, Morgan, you are not ready for this uh for this picture. Um Oh, where where is the our chat? Oh, here it is. Here is our chat. <laughs> Morgan, here you go. Here is Hasselhoff devouring the cheeseburger by Francisco Goya. Wow. That is sure something. My god. Yeah, this is this is paired with the um with the uh, Tommy Wiseau Baywatch one. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know uh, the Dolly mini, mini stuff has been kind of addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I spent the other night just going through and doing like forty of them based on different artists, um, mm-hmm. and like ninety percent of them are horrible. Yes, uh, but then you find the ones that are good. Yes, and it just it 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 affirms your life basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, here's the other one. Uh, Allison Bregler uh, posted this one, um, which is stills from Baywatch Animated Series 1997. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that nails it. Wow. 
that it, it's on point 100 uh it's perfect yeah and now i kind of want to see that yeah no i would definitely watch that it's it'd be better because god i'm gonna regret saying this uh, <laughs> when they're animated it's less objectifying yeah i mean it's kind of true so therefore we can have a more fun time with these bad stories yeah yeah speaking of bad stories oh, matt stops the crew and asks to see their film permit mm-hmm. and the doctor says let me get one more shot and matt says i want it now it's my money and i want it now uh, i did wonder and- like it feels like if you're in the middle of a shot like it's not gonna like change anything matt like let them finish the shot first yeah, he, he pulls a big boy thing. He's like, you have 10 whole human seconds. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, and then he just ignores it because there's an accident. Of course, there's an accident. Yes. While the lifeguard is there. Why else would Matt be here? <sighs> to be sexy. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Baywatch. It's whatever. We know. Yeah. But yeah, the two uh, models crash into each other and... Then Matt goes and rescues them, and it turns out one of them is Jesse. And then we get to see a flashback of when they met and had some, like, weird flirting on the beach. And then we learn she's only going to be in town for a few days for this shoot, so she doesn't want to get mixed up with Matt again, who does not, at nearly any point during this episode until almost the very end, ever mention that he has a girlfriend. Yes, yes. Jesse is hitting on him aggressively. Um, and I I just I just want straight people to talk to each other sometimes. I feel like it would make it's their lives easier. It's also like 20 year olds. Well, yes, that certainly doesn't help. I mean, like the spoilers, Summer and Matt very much act. And we've said this before. And so I guess, hey, great job, Baywatch writers. Act like a realistic Couples in their early 20s. Oh, for are sure. Bad at dating. Yes, they are very bad at this. So honestly, Baywatch going for the naturalistic writing path here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we we all love it uh, when this show emulates real life. It's true. Uh, like when there's giant octopus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. But I like that I put that as the singular, like <laughs> when there's giant octopus. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what is that fucking? <laughs> um, but Matt or uh, Mitch shows up and goes to talk to our producer, director, caterer, key grip, script editor, makeup consultant, who whatever the fuck your wife job is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wife of the future. <laughs> um, crime of the future. Um, Ooh. And basically says, like, listen, you can keep your filming permit as long as um, you agree to make the shoot less dangerous. And also you have to have a lifeguard on at all times. And in what world did their filming permit not already say they had to have a lifeguard on set at all times? That seemed bananas to me. And in what world would they have received the permit while also being exceedingly dangerous? That seems possible, more possible to me. Of they just like lied about what the shoot was going to be or something. Oh, okay, well, you know, yeah, you know what? That's fair. You're right. Um, because this dude is skeezy as fuck. So, 
Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, Mitch is like, congratulations, Matt. I volunteered you. Um, and then Matt's like, I don't know. I uh, Let me get back to you soon. And then he asks Jesse if she would want him to be there. And she's like, absolutely, Matt. I want you so very near me all the time. And Matt is yeah, like, she says, this is cool and good. She says, I can't. She says, I can't think of anyone else I'd rather have protecting me. Mm-hmm. And Matt, uh, this is the point where you go, uh, hey, just so you know, I'm just doing this. Your friend? Yes. Because I have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But but no, no, nope. no, because of course. Here comes Summer, who is always jealous. Like her main character trait, she's jealous. Yeah. And Matt is simply shaking hands with her. Mm-hmm. And Summer does the Nicole Eggert stare. It's that like blank eyed, yet angry blank eyed <laughs> stare where you know, like, be- there's a layer mm-hmm. of nothingness. And below that layer is fire. <laughs> and, uh, Summer says that Jesse looks familiar, but Summer wasn't in that episode. So yeah. how would she know her? Yeah. No, that's right? a good point. I don't think they've ever met before. No, um, they haven't. And also Matt just goes like, ah, yeah, old friend. And just like gives the absolute worst response to Summer. Um, yeah, how is th- what what crime is there for you saying? Yeah, we uh we we dated a tiny bit right. once. You say, hey, we used to date, and they want me to be the lifeguard on this filming set, and I'm going to do it. Like, I don't know. It seems like that would have made everything a lot easier. But instead, he says almost nothing. Um, yeah, it honestly makes it way worse. Well, not honestly. Yeah. It does yeah, make it no, way for worse. Sure. And that's that's the drama of the episode is Matt is yep. doing that thing again where he because this has happened so many multiple times. Time. Oh, it's my broker. Mm-hmm. Oh, just tell people you're buying a fucking motorcycle. Yes. You don't have to tell Summer. Just tell CJ or whomever. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm buying a motorcycle. No, I'm not trying to cheat on my girlfriend. Right. Just talk to anyone ever about anything. Um, now, as opposed to Hobie, yes, who uh, runs up to his dad saying, "Dad, I've been waiting for you." Mm-hmm. And Mitch says, "I've been working," um, mm-hmm. which I was like, "David, buddy, what you doing?" Yeah, it was. What, what you going for in this episode? This was um, Hasselhoff uh, was was taking a little vacation during this episode. <laughs> let's say to be generous. Um, yeah, I, like, I kind of like it, but I also don't want it on my TV. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, I, I, theoretically, I'm like, yeah, man, it's like casual Hoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I dig it. And then I remember the rest of the episode exists, and I'm like, no, yeah. don't do it. Um, why, why is Hobie here? Well, he's going to go to a swap meet where they're selling $100 skateboards for only 20 bucks. I assumed this subplot was going to be Hobie getting scammed. Because that sounds like a scam. Um, but he's got to get there soon. Otherwise, the $100 skateboards are going to sell out. Um, so now, 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 Morgan, mm-hmm. uh, Mitch asked Hobie 
why do you need money? Yes. And he says he spent all the money. He had been working at Jackie's Burger Shop. Yes. And Hobie says, a buck doesn't go as far as it used to when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so funny. So I looked into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see how much one American dollar was worth throughout the years. Yes, so, let's. One American dollar in 1993 is worth, can you guess, how much today? Uh, let's see, 93, I'm going to say, like, $11? Whoa, no, 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 no. Two. Oh. 2.02. Oh, that is not nearly as yeah. bad as I had assumed. Right. $1 in 1953, let's just pretend Mitch is 40, mm-hmm. right? So, he was probably born around 1953. So, how much was $1 in 1953 worth in 93? Take a guess. Was worth in '93. Um, uh-huh. Oh God, I don't know, like four dollars, a little bit more, five point four. Okay. So you know, when he says it didn't get you as far, that's true. Yeah. Um, now this got me thinking about the British pound. Sure. Too, sure. I was like, just curious. So, one pound in '93 is worth how much today, Morgan? The British pound from from when to now? 93 to now. Oh, God. Am I answering in pounds or in dollars? In pounds. Oh, God. Um, I have absolutely no idea. 2.17. Oh, okay. So about the same. Oh, one pound in 90, in 1953 would be worth how much in 93? Uh, I'm going to say it's about the same as the U.S. dollar again in like five-ish. No. Oh. It's 13.7. Wow. Damn, that's so, inflation. Yeah. So what I've also have here is I have this document here. Mm-hmm. This is the exchange rates <laughs> to one dollar as of March thirty first, nineteen ninety three. Sure. So you can look at that and kind of see just how much you know everything was worth. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's quite interesting. I wanted to do. I wanted to do a little bit more, but part of the problem is that. All these countries switch to euros. Yes. Right. So like, you know, I wouldn't be able to do, say, the German mark because they have to do it up to a certain point and then switch to euros. And that's too much work for this podcast. Yeah. It's not too much work. I just <laughs> couldn't do it all tonight um, because I started. Wa- if I had started this yesterday, I would have. Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, Hobie wants a 20 and Mitch gives him a 40 because mm-hmm. he wants he wants a skateboard, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Hobie runs off. And this is one of the longer scenes we will see him in in this entire episode. He is barely here. Um, but after that, uh, Matt is in the locker room doing his hair so that he can get ready to go guard the shoot. No, no. There's a scene that happens before that. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes, uh, we I scrolled too far in my notes. Um, Hobie is back at the house, and because it is the early 90s, you know your boy is playing a keytar. Uh, yeah! Because they were out of skateboards, and he bought Mitch an acoustic guitar. And when I saw Hobie playing the keytar, the I was like, aha, this episode's going to be amazing. Yeah, um, same. It was not, because the keytar gets <laughs> dropped almost immediately. I was so sad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can you just imagine, like, 80s style 
I mean, this is 93, but like 80s style music video with Hobie mm-hmm. and a guitar and a leather jacket. Ah, oh, amazing. Would have been so good. Not what we get. No, unfortunately not. Also, he calls it a synthesizer, which is yeah. not what it is. You uh, you would not know how to play a synthesizer out of the box. Right. Yeah. Um. But he also says that Landon, his friend, got drums. So he asks Mitch to join his band, which also I got excited for. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my God, let Mitch lead a band with his kid and his kid's friend. That sounds awesome. And specifically, the light up is an acoustic guitar, a keytar and drums. <laughs> there was this band. I kid you not. Mm hmm. Uh, it was, I think, in the early 2000s. It was a bunch of guys from, like, 90s British bands. Sure. But just the bassists. Oh, shit. And they formed a band that was just bass guitar. That sounds or amazing. Or bass guitarists. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, that's the sound of you... On the toilet, just pooping back and forth, <laughs> is four bass guitars at once. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, we just don't get a lot of guitar content, and we never get to see Mitch and Hobie playing together, which is disappointing no. to me. Yeah. Um, but after that is when we see Matt getting ready to go be a lifeguard at the shoot for the indeterminate piece of water content um sports water sports water sports and he um comes out of the locker room and summer's standing right there and apparently he they were supposed to work a tower together and he decided to not tell her that he wasn't going to do that and was going to guard the shoot instead until right this second um and summer is correctly very upset at him for being an idiot um and kind of an asshole but the way she says it, yes, is also not good. Yes, because she says, "Oh, so you'd rather date her?" I get it; it makes sense. Yeah, he, Summer, friend. No, that's not. It's not what's happening here. Yeah, like Matt does this with every single woman. You should know by now that he's not doing it. But also, don't because that's that's bad logic on my part but like in tv show logic you should know Mm -hmm. that he's not going to do that yeah it's just like the like the 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 frustrating part here is the writing is accurate to 20 year olds but no one wants to see 20 year olds exactly yeah right so thus our conflict Mm -hmm. but thankfully then we uh don't get to see any more of them for a little bit because uh, now we get to see that our producer, director, whoever, Victor, um, we learn that he used to date Jesse and he is being super abusive to her and won't let her go. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tells him that actually she's engaged um, and therefore he has to let her alone because he wouldn't want to disrespect a man, only a woman. Um, Wait, before before we get to this, mm-hmm. I want to bring up a really, a, a part that I hate. Yes. Um, which is, so we learn all the information Morgan said because Jesse's getting fitted for a costume. Oh, the right. Costume is, it's an exceedingly tight wetsuit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's extremely tight. 
you have to be helped into it. Someone yes. basically has to push your boobs in. Yes. That's just how it works. And so the guy is helping her in, and Victor is just staring at her and him and says, get your hands off of her. You're just trying to get a cheap thrill. Yes. And so Jesse looks at the costume guy and says, hey, best best kind or cheap, right? And I thought, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Who does this? Um, and so that's when she then makes the second mistake of then being like, you know what I should do? Say I'm engaged to Matt. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't say who she's engaged to at first, just that she is. Um, well, she's engaged to the guy, to a guy, and then she runs up and kisses Matt, right. who does not pull away, and in fact, smiles and walks away with her and does not question this mm-hmm. for multiple seconds. Yeah, she explains everything that's going on, and he puts up some, like, a little bit of resistance, which also was kind of weird, like... She's saying, hey, this guy is harassing me. Can you help me out? Like, why are you being such a dick about it? Um, But then does finally agree to go along with this and decides, nah, I'm not going to bother telling Summer. Um, But even worse than that, mm -hmm. even worse is that she says, I want you to say, marry me. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. But who knows what will happen? Your feelings may develop. And he just goes, ha. He, just, he's, he like Tommy Wiseau laughs. Ha <laughs> mm-hmm. How are you this dumb? Yes. Yes. I feel that way a lot about Matt, especially right? in this episode. And his his only question after is he doesn't stop her to say, but but I have a girlfriend. He says, what about the engagement ring? Yeah. And she says, oh, I'll just say they're special ordered. Right. Like at no point yet has he expressed to Jesse that he is dating someone. Right. So then, of course, we get the whoa drama mm-hmm. next scene where Jesse makes the very smart, please read, very not smart <laughs> decision to bring Victor over so he can see just how much in love they are. Yes. And okay, that's like 16-year-old logic. Yes. And and while she's doing this, Summer shows up to pick Matt up from the shoot which is apparently only 45 seconds long. Um, <laughs> because shooting days are famously incredibly short. Yeah. Um, well, look, all, all you need to do is get in the costume, and that's half the work. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's just that the... Like, the scene doesn't flow if there was eight hours of shooting in between these two scenes. So we have to assume that these are right after each other, which means that that they didn't shoot anything. Um, this is so weird because, you know, if we look at the logic of like how like Broadway, mm-hmm. Broadway loves to do plays about Broadway. Yes. Right. Hollywood loves to do films about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. TV shows doing shows about TV suck. Yeah. And, like, this is a great example. The only one I've ever seen... Actually, no, it was a movie about TV, and that was Soap Dish. That one's great. I've never seen that one. You should see Soap... Oh, it's... um, Oh, my God. What is her name? Uh, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, okay. And um, it's Elizabeth Shue, um, Kevin Kline, Robert Downey Jr., Whoopi Goldberg, and Harry Hatcher. 
Oh, and Sally Field. It's it's about it's perfect. It's about making a soap opera. Sure. I I wondered if that's what it was. Yeah. Um, But like this, you would think that the writers of this TV show would know how to sort of portray what happens on a TV show. Mm -hmm. But they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like. You could have taken out there are three montages. Mm -hmm. Take out one. Yeah. And put in. Shit, that would mean putting in another montage. Okay, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, this episode might just be unsalvageable because it's real bad. Um, this show might be unsalvageable yeah. because it's done. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, there's no more episodes. <laughs> we can't make new ones. No. Um, God, I hope we don't get a gritty reboot of Baywatch a la Fresh Prince. Um, Wait, they made a gritty Fresh Prince reboot? Sure did. I, Wait, I believe it comes it out gritty? this year. How is it gritty? It's just very, like, serious and, like... That's the thing we wanted from the comedy show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Grittiness. Um, That's dumb. Yes. Why would you Why would you ever... That's like the Power Rangers movie I, I watched was a gritty reboot of Power Rangers. And I'm like, why would you ever want gritty Power Rangers? Yeah. Power Rangers. Okay, I will say, though... I do want Gritty Power Rangers, as in Gritty, the Antifa mascot, portraying (laughs) all of the Power Rangers. Oh, my God, Morgan, you are a genius. Has (laughs) anybody told you that recently? You are a genius. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, okay, so, but, but not just the Power Rangers themselves, the villains? Absolutely. Also Gritty. Yes, 100%. Everyone (laughs) in the cast is Gritty. Does Gritty have a voice? I don't think canonically he does. So it's like silent film. Oh, my God. I mean, now (laughs) it is. Silent film power. Can you just imagine, like, the screen card of, and then they fought, and then Gritty (laughs) stands up victorious? Ah, that sounds so good. I think you could make that as a student film, because the amount of effort needed to make that is so low. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to go on Fiverr or something and pay <laughs> someone five bucks to make this. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. So anyways, Summer shows up. Of course she does. Mm-hmm. Matt sees her and asks her, what are you What are you doing here? And she says she's his ride. And he says, I'll meet you in the truck. And he's like really trying to get her to go. Yes. So instead of then- explaining to her what is going on. Well, he is shouting, but he could have just run up to right. her and been like, hey, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, instead, he's like, I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Victor shows up as Summer staring the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Victor is just weird as shit. And it's when's the wedding date. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, by the way, like Summer's bad shit. It's about to go down. Face comes on mm-hmm. and like. Uh, her 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 inside sirens start wailing, you know, just like, oh, no, there's something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And then uh, Jesse kisses Matt and Summer stares in disgust. Yep. And when this happens, Summer drives off. Uh, so Matt manages to run down the truck and jump through the window, the open <laughs> yeah. passenger side window. Um and then finally explains what's going on to Summer. And Summer's like, mm, 
I don't know. I'm pretty sure you shouldn't have helped Jesse escape from this shitty abusive right. harasser. Right. And I was like, really, Summer? Really? Like, I can believe that you're doing that, but like, that's real fucking shitty. Um, right. It, I get why you're upset, but now you're upset at the inherent point. Yeah. Which makes no sense. And then Summer also says, you clearly still have a thing for him or you, you still have a thing for her, mm-hmm. but he's never said that if, if we're still in the belief that it's his old friend. Yeah. Then why would there be anything more like just listen? <laughs> yeah. But also it's all suspicious. Yeah. Well, and she, she's like, I'm pretty sure you just shouldn't have done that. And I was like, wow, that's, I mean, way, way to sell Jesse under the bus. Like that sucks. Um, yeah. But then uh, then we go back to Hobie, who is playing his guitar, and uh, we get a montage of Hobie set to David Essex's Rock On. Uh, and it's it's just a music video of Hobie in a leather jacket and sunglasses um, pretending to sing into a microphone while a bunch of teenage groupies flock around him in just like some intensely 90s outfits, color block jackets with like you know, um, flat brim caps and like, oh, it's it's so 90s and it's so good. I'm honestly shocked they didn't have so this one was not in the the remaster. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm shocked why they felt like they couldn't just get a new song over this. Right. Because the song is not relevant to the montage at all. Like, right. You could have replaced this with any generic rock song. I wonder if Michelle Williams didn't approve of it because it was uncredited. Uh, maybe could be something like that. I suppose. Um, I don't know how like remake work rights work in a case like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it the montage is very long and uh, doesn't do anything. Um, I, I did want to speak to mm-hmm. the right before the montage. So Mitch was and Hobie uh, were together, and Mitch told Hobie to go to bed. And stop playing. Uh, this is actually right after the montage. Oh, okay. Then let's talk about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, keep uh, going. But So, yeah, Mitch goes. Mitch tells somebody to go to bed and to stop playing the guitar, which I just thought was the funniest statement of yes. go to bed and stop playing guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. Yeah. Never, sir. No. Um, Why are you stifling has, this boy's dreams? Right. You're stifling creativity. You're stifling a legend, honestly. Yes. And... Hobie asks Mitch if he ever dreamed he was a rock star. And Mitch says, yeah, once when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And that's ouch. Like, that's yeah. your son, man. That's such a shitty <laughs> thing to say. Right. And so Hobie, the adult here, says, Mitch, if, if it was your fantasy, you might as well take lessons and go for it. Mm-hmm. So Mitch picks up the guitar, shapes, shakes his hip like Elvis, and then breaks a string. <laughs> it's like yep. the, it's this B plot is a D plot. It's so bad. Um but then we get a flashback to Matt and Jesse hanging out on the beach at night and kissing during the Point Doom episode. And then uh we see Matt working out when Jesse shows up to his apartment because Victor has been stalking her all night and she comes in and Matt's like, Yeah, my two roommates are gone. And uh, 
Jesse is like, wow, Summer must really trust you if she lets you live with two women. And I was like, well, that's no, no, no. That's oh, right. Like, no, that's later. God, this episode is so bad. Um, yeah. So this this part is where Matt says you should call the police. Right. He says, yes. no, the, the modeling industry is inherently broken and oppressive towards women. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't say it like that. Uh, because it's Baywatch, and that would be calling out Baywatch as well. Yeah. So she doesn't. Yes. Uh, but uh, Matt says they can't fire her mm-hmm. uh, because he's an idiot, and and she says they'll just it's different for a model. Yeah. Then there's a knock at the door, mm-hmm. and a shadow runs away. Yes. She asks if she could stay the night there because they have some, and they have some catching up to do, and she gives him a kiss. Mm-hmm. He accepts said kiss, and then says. Okay, so that was pretty... He doesn't say it like this, but he, he was like, oh, that, was, that was pretty nice to have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically does a, wow, Matt, you're so great line that is undeserved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone could have put her up for the night and told her they have a girlfriend quicker than Matt. Yes. Yeah. It's It's... Oh man, the pedestal worshiping here. It's Anyways, so, yeah, it's a lot. Um, cut, but from here we cut to a scene of Victor jerking it in his trailer. Yeah, God, it's not him. I just <laughs> I wanted to say that it's not, he's not though. He's just he's doing the like JFK back into the left thing, mm-hmm. but like with a a VHS of Jesse on a wave runner. Oh, I think I missed this scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just they cut to the trailer outside where he is watching mm-hmm. and he he he's has the footage from earlier in the day, which is the first montage of her on the Wave Runner. Mm-hmm. And he's just staring at it and re- and watching it, reversing it, oh. watching it, reversing it. And it's like if this were a grittier show, the gritty Baywatch, it'd just be him like like jerking it raw. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, <laughs> do this, uh, but it's not. So there's no jerk in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do get after this is the next morning, uh, Jesse wakes up and decides to put on some of CJ's negligee. Um, and is just laying it on real fucking thick. Um, and Matt's like, I'm going to go ride my bike and then go to work. Um, which this is the part where she she says the thing about the roommate. Right. 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 Um, so she and says Matt finally that, is smart here. <laughs> yeah. She says, wow, Summer must trust Matt a lot to let him live with women who wears things like this. Mm-hmm. And this is an extremely complicated answer. But I also think the answer is no. Mm hmm. Because she doesn't trust him. Yes. But it's also extremely complicated mm-hmm. uh, and requires two seasons worth of of watching this show to know how to answer this question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then she says, like, this whole scene is, it's kind of creepy to me for her to just be continuing to, like, hit on him. Yeah. No, it's a lot. Um, and even if you, like, have a flirty personality... This is a lot. Yeah, no, she is laying it on incredibly thick. Yeah. So she asks, can I take a shower and then I'll lock up mm-hmm. when 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 I leave? 
But how? Mm-hmm. Does she have a key? Does she slip the key back under the door? How does this work? Excellent question. I was so conf- I was more disturbed by this question than anything else in the episode. <laughs> um, but once she gets out of the shower, uh, Summer shows up and Jesse finally explains everything to Summer. And Summer's like, oh, well, then it's fine. <laughs> Everything's good now. Um, yeah. It shows. Just talk to each other. Yeah. Men can't talk to women. Only women can talk to women. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, but then we get to see Matt riding his bike on Point Doom when Victor shows up on a motorcycle and pushes him off a cliff. Um, but then he's fine. Then we, yeah, he's totally fine. Not even a scratch. I was like, you could have cut um, off parts from other scenes and shown him climbing back up the cliff. But no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so Matt then goes to headquarters and tells Mitch all of this. And Mitch just doesn't believe him. <laughs> he's like, no, it absolutely wasn't, Victor. You're making this up. Women don't get harassed. Like, it's just really shitty. He doesn't say that um, specifically, but he's implying that. he He's very much implying it. He, he's, this is so weird because Mitch takes, like, everything at face value. So yes. this is him being like, you got to make sure that you know specifically it was him. It could have been any drunkard. And I'm like, yeah, no, Mitch, you yeah. know, you know. Yeah. Um, And Mitch is like, we'll just go to the police who are famously helpful in stalking and domestic violence cases and never make it worse. Um, hmm. um But yeah. after this, uh, but don't, don't, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, don't worry, yeah. Morgan. Garner's one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, mm. But after this, Summer and Jesse show up Sorry. to the shoot. Mm-hmm. Here's my uh, random uh, thing I saw recently um, related to All Cops Are Bastards was mm-hmm. uh, there was the someone posted this tweet of this mug that says, like, uh, I didn't get into, I didn't pass cop school uh, but I did get my certificate to Hogwarts. I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, God. and there's one for everything, like for every house. And someone mm-hmm. posted a reply that says, "A cap includes Harry Potter too." Absolutely, <laughs> and I couldn't Absolutely. stop laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, it's it's all the same people. Yeah, it is. Um. But at this point, Summer and Jesse show up to the shoot and learn that it has been canceled for the day. So Summer's going to go home and um, Jesse is going to collect some things from her trailer and then head home. Um, but then Victor shows up on his motorcycle and barges into Jesse's trailer um, and tells her about how unfair it is that he still loves her. What, what is the specific line that he says, Morgan? Oh, I'm about to get to that. Oh, in a thank second. you. Thank you. Um, but uh, at this point Stummer is standing outside and is listening in to Victor who is now threatening Matt and saying that you know I'm maybe I should just go kill Matt instead because to the Victor go the spoils (laughs) Um, no which is just this line is so bad but like I also feel like Morgan Thrapp wrote it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I 
you know, you know me. There's there's nothing I hate more. There there's absolutely nothing that I hate more than Morgan Thrapp. <laughs> That's why I do a podcast with him. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> let's see. But then after that, Summer decides to barge into the trailer as well. And Jesse just immediately gives up the entire game. She tells Victor exactly everything that's been going on. She's not actually engaged. All of this. And the acting in this scene is terrible. <laughs> like some of the worst I've seen on Baywatch. They all just stand there. Like, no one looks particularly threatened by Victor, who is, like, much larger than both of them and actively threatening both of them. They're kind of flat. Which, which like, it's just by the way, so bad. Jesse is, like, a full human taller than Nicole Eggert. Yeah. Which, yeah. And then Victor is, like, a full human taller than Jesse. So for size purposes, like, he's just mountaining over them. And he's like, it's not realistic. He's like, I'm in the position of power here. And I'm just going to wait. I, let me hear these women out. Maybe mm-hmm. change my mind. Not going to happen. Yeah. No. It's just a very dumb scene. Yes. But uh, then after this, uh, Summer runs away and gets on a wave runner. So Victor gives chase in a boat. Um, and then Matt shows up and Jesse tells him what's going on. So he gives chase to Victor. And then, like, what felt like 20 minutes later, yeah. Matt and Victor have a punching fight in the water, which was very dumb. Yeah, those hits, nowhere near hitting. Yeah, no, it, it looked real stupid. Um, but then, eventually, they arrest Victor, and Jesse apologizes for getting Summer and Matt involved, which felt really shitty. Yeah. I was like, you, like... You asked for help because you were being harassed and stalked. Like, you, they, you should not be apologizing for this. It's Matt's like, fault for it, not saying I have a girlfriend. Right. Or for talking to Summer ever is the only reason this got so complicated. It, um, but, but then Jesse makes it worse again. Yeah. Oh, God. I hated this. Because um, earlier in the episode, she was like, well, Summer you know, you should go kiss Matt goodbye for me. Um, and then at, in this scene, Jesse is like, hey, Summer, remember what I asked you earlier? Any chance I could do it? And Summer's like, no, that's weird, but I'll kiss him goodbye for you. <laughs> so she kisses him and says, that one was for Jesse. And then kisses him again and says, that one was for me. Um, this was and- dumb. It was so dumb. Also, like, girl, you're down bad and you need to solve this. <laughs> like, help yourself, please. Yeah, seriously. If it's not a guy, just get a vibe or something. I mean, come on, <laughs> look, it's perceptively progressive these days. Yeah, Help absolutely. yourself. And so you stop making these dumb decisions like, mm-hmm. I'm going to solve this problem by pretending to get engaged. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we have one final scene, which is that Mitch is back playing with his guitar and imagining being a rock star. And then we get a music video of one of his songs that had just come out two months ago. You get that. Yes. Oh, do you also not get this one? No, we get an um, original song over it, which is dumb. 
That's so dumb. Yeah. No, it's not wow. it's not a good one. It makes yeah. it fits not at all stylistically. Um, mm-hmm. like because like David Hasselhoff has like a like a big voice and this is like tiny voice singing. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, so so Morgan got tighter tighter by Hasselhoff. We get Living the Dream yes. by Steve Bertrand. Morgan, here are the lyrics. Uh please do your magic. When I hit the stage and the fans, they rage. It's like a freight train coming to show you how to get your groove on. Wow, that is I don't often have to stop for the lyrics, but that is just dumb. (laughs) It's extremely Um, bad. It's a mystery, but soon you'll see. Have your name up in lights, so scream and shout. This place is jumping. Live in the dream, part of the scene. So nice to meet you. So good to see you. Live in the dream, part of the scene. So good to see you. So nice to meet you. <laughs> Living for today, it's the only way. So raise your hands, lift a glass. The time has come. The show is started. It's the Muppet Show tonight. Because <laughs> it feels so right all the time. Don't shake me, break me, wake me up, I might be dreaming. Live the dream, part of the scene, so nice to meet you. So good to see you, live in the dream, part of the scene, so good to see you. So nice to meet you, live in the dream, part of the scene, so nice to meet you. So good to see you, live in the dream, part of the scene, so good to see you, just so nice to meet you. What does that mean? I, I This song is nonsense, even by Baywatch original song standards. That might be... Other than fucking your brother's song, the worst song we had. <laughs> yeah, actually, fucking bad. your brother's song is like S tier, A plus quality yeah. now because of the yeah. living meme. This is the worst song yeah. we had on Baywatch. It's bad, um, but that takes us to the end. Wow, of this mm-hmm. episode. Wow. Yeah. Um, and what a what a nothing episode it was. Yeah. Well, how nothing was it? Let's go to our IMDb reviewers and see what they mm-hmm. have to say. Uh, Bombers Fly Up gives it a one out of ten and says, again, titles their review, Baywatch, and says, yeah, that was awful. It's like they got this actress model back and then thought of a random plot for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Um, yeah. Sandcrab722, though, gives it an 8 out of 10, which is weird. Wow. And titles their review, Models on Wave Runners, Dash, and then one word, Rocking Guitar Hoff. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's this review. Okay. Mm-hmm. More plot holes than a Ukrainian highway. Awesome okay. guest star. Bad writing. No frisbee. Sure. Musical instrument. Tension is in this episode. What? <laughs> it's a Sandcrab review. Like, what do we? What do you expect? I know, but like, it felt like it was relatively coherent until the last bit, and then it just completely fell apart. I, I mean, that some some Baywatch episodes are like that too. Fair, fair. Um, but now for us. On our scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is going through puberty a second time because you got recast, and 10 is your parents are divorced, but it's okay. Because your dad is David Hasselhoff, and he's the coolest. Morgan, where would you rate this? Yeah, I mean, this episode was just nothing. 
Like, it wasn't offensive, really. It, it just was nothing. Um, so I'm going to give it a three. Like, I reserve my real low numbers for ones that actively make me angry, and this one I was just really bored. Um, yeah, I, it's, there's just not a lot else to say about it. Um, and I'm going to say that a three is the experience of buying a guitar at a swap meet, but then just never actually playing it. Because um, it's like a little bit cool that you have a guitar now, but if you never actually play it, then what was the point? Right. Uh, how about you, Michael? I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Uh, you know, I'm with you. It's a lot of nothing. Um, but I think it's like average nothing. You know, it's just like. Sure. I didn't give it a five because it's it's worse than average, but not by much. And I'm going to say that a four out of ten is the experience of making um, from Chris Jenner's cookbook, uh, this recipe called Robert Kardashian's cream of wheat. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Morgan, you ready okay. for this? Here's what you need. Sure. Here's what you need for this. One box cream right. of wheat, two teaspoons. sugar. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Two <laughs> teaspoons sugar or to taste and then milk. Okay. Okay. Ready sure, for the sure. instructions? Mm-hmm. Okay. Step one, follow cooking instructions on box for two servings. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Step two. Evenly sprinkle the sugar on the bottom of a large shallow bowl. Three. Pour cream of wheat over sugar. Four. Stir. Five. Add milk. Six. Serve warm. Wow. Um, the first time I saw this, uh, I almost had a hernia laughing at Follow cooking <laughs> instructions on box for two servings. Like, hey, wait a yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. Here's the recipe. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that's amazing. Um, this also goes in line uh, with this, which is uh, Lauren Conrad's recipe for a tequila shot, which is garnish with lime wedge and pinch of salt. Serve in shot glass. I mean, yeah. Um, that that is a shot of tequila. Uh, what is this one? Uh, there's also uh, wh- okay. Well, this one I'll just add this one, and we'll talk about this one a different time. The Nicole Brown Simpson chicken nachos. Uh, sure, sure. That uh, seems uh, very bad. Uh, and then this last one, which is um, someone mentioned that in their office newsletter. Someone ran this recipe, Elena's honey mustard dressing. Ingredients, one and a half cup honey, one half cup mustard. Mix honey and mustard, pour over salad. Oh, no. <laughs> Yields one cup. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, then. Oh, okay. So someone just posted uh, the picture of Frank Sinatra's Oh, so Frank Sinatra had a cookbook mm-hmm. and there was a hamburger recipe, but he also asked his friends to make recipes. So Dean Martin sure. made the Martin burgers, which is one pound beef, two ounces bourbon. Um, and then Frank's is the Sinatra burger, which is three steps. Call for Dino. Tell him to make you a fucking burger. Drink his bourbon. <laughs> uh i kind of like that. yeah that sounds about right yeah anyways uh yeah this episode was 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 just a lot of nothing 
Um, mm-hmm. And it worries me because our next episode is. I'm going to tell you this line, Morgan, and this may either All make right. you happy or it may make you sad. Uh, and I'm really not sure which it's going to be. And that is, it's the final appearance of Richard Jekyll in this podcast. And that is... Ben. Ben. Ah. I mean, I'm not going to be too sad to see him go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next episode is The Red Knights. And our IND... Well, shit. I got to get the Baywatch wiki description. Uh, hold up. An ad hoc reunion of the elite 1950s lifeguards, the Red Knights, triggers a triggers triggers a barroom brawl and Ben's resignation. Jackie tries to make a deal with the music exec, but things keep going wrong. Meanwhile, Mitch helps deliver a baby while the mother goes into premature what? labor while swimming at the beach. Okay. Okay. Now for our IMDb description from. Again, the one guy who writes these descriptions, who has very funny grammar. Here we go. Mitch's team cheerfully looks forward to host a reunion of the Red Knights, the original Baywatch lifeguards, including the legendary Bud Gates and Cliff Odom. Who the fuck are those people? Only gloomy, ex- only gloomy exception is Captain Ben Edwards, who was one of them before his crippling accident and tries to hide with his walking cane. When both generations nostalgically visit the same club, a musical surprise is followed by a bar brawl, <laughs> while Mitch delivers Ben's in-living pregnant niece's baby. In-living pregnant? What? What does that mean? <laughs> the old captain finds himself the only savior around at a pier boat incident. Wow. The other review, the other review just calls, says his very pregnant niece. And I'm like, wow, she's very <laughs> pregnant. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be, I feel like not that great. Yeah. It feels like it might be more of an episode than this, though. It has things happening. Yeah. Certainly. I, I, I guess that's that's something for Baywatch. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I guess there's really nothing else left to say, is there? Oh. Well, in that case, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And... If you can, get access to a keytar. Like, buy a keytar. <laughs> yes. Learn it. Absolutely. Impress your I did. I did Google learn to play keytar while we were recording this episode. Did you look how so. much one costs? I did not. Okay, wait. We're going we're gonna to post-show content right, right now. Live, yeah, live post-show uh, content uh, for how our fans. How much is a keytar? Okay. Oh, Amazon. Okay, I can get one shipped to me. Uh, oh, that's not bad. Wait, I'm confused now. Okay, so there's the Alessis Vortex Wireless Two, which is sure, sure. Uh, this one is 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 four hundred bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there's this one, which is apparently portable, which all of them are. It's a keytar. 
Uh, <laughs> and that's 43 bucks. Wow. Um, I'm going to guess that that one's um, a lot worse. Musical instrument for music beginners. Well, I'm a music beginner. It's true. Right? So, like, that should be for me. Uh, yeah, these are all pretty much in the, like, 300 range, which, I mean, look, we make so much money from this podcast, clearly. <laughs> we always talk about how much money we're making and all the things we're doing with podcast money. I'm going to quit my job to do podcasting full time. Uh, we mm-hmm. can afford this. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, now is my second question here is how much is a melodica? Ooh. Oh, man. Those are so much cheaper. They're like 50 bucks. Huh. Yeah, you can get one for, you can get this 32-note melodica for for like 65 bucks. I don't I don't get why they're so much cheaper. Well, cuz they're not electronic like um or not as much. I don't think. I think they're not electronic like a guitar. Well, I mean you 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 blow into them, but uh Right. But I assumed that you also I guess it isn't electronic. What do you know? I don't have enough breath control. For yeah, that's the tricky part about wind instruments. Yeah, uh, the tricky part is getting winded. Yeah, <laughs> that was supposed to be a pun. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there you go, everybody. If you need to buy a guitar, uh, get three hundred bucks. If you need to buy a melodica, it's like sixty bucks. Good job. Yeah, yeah. That's, there we go. That's our show. Sure is. See y'all next week.